the following radio show might contain content that some people could find distasteful. Cornucopia Radio presents Insidious virus in the midst of this illegal downloading of music is piracy on the net. Can you do And trends say it's going to promise to get much, much worse. Like Angie rapping his prime I'm young H.O. Rap's baby dead 
Out the country but the blueberries still connect On the low but the guy got a triple check But when you young but the f*** black Yup, yup Grand opening, grand closing God damn your manhole, crack the can open again Who you gon' find over the hem with no pen? Just draw an inspiration Who you gon' see, you can't replace him With cheap imitation from this generation I got an encore, do you want more? Cook and roll with the Brooklyn balls Over one lifetime, I need y'all to roll People need the Beatles so much, all they have to do is to buy each album and make a track out of it. Instead of having the White Album or Abbey Road, we make an album by having to fit it into some kind of format uh, and make it, put it on tape, track by track, you know? And it's far better music, and that's why it caused trouble, because otherwise the music is just the same, only on separate albums. and a sense of where music connects and disconnects. Pro-tooled up laptop artists make their contribution to the way music is splitting up into a billion different available bits of sound and feeling. Crazy. Fragmenting into the dust of eternity. I'm crazy. Spiralling into infinity. I'm crazy. Crazy. Crazy swiftly tamed, turned into a commercial promotional add-on. I'm crazy. But for a while, the mating of one song with entirely another for reasons of sound, seriousness and silliness, creates the true sound of the 21st century. Pop has been everything for 50 years. Now it can be all this, mixed up to loops of near reality.
Homeless, in the home. It's from the home, which is nowhere in sight unless it's your own, that the art of the bootleg mix appears, whereby anonymous raiders of the 20th century, or bastards, armed with a decent hard drive, a lust for life, a love of music that borders on the diseased, and a warped sense of humour, mash up tracks taken off the internet, twist genres across themselves, and rewrite musical history in a way musicians would never think of. 
Access on the internet to a cappella vocals and instrumental backing tracks means that home bodies, who are all in the mind, can ignore legalities and logic and all manner of niceties and splice together any music that takes their fancy. Destiny's child's horny bootalicious is massed in with Nirvana's holy smells like teen spirit to create smells like booty. Right here and now we're attempting to cram select slices of the last 100 years into an hour. Raiding the 20th century just because we can and because something I said 20 years ago sparked an idea in Strictly Kev's head. You know, it doesn't carry on in a logical order, and then you'll cut, you come back in where you started. What we're going to do right here is go back. I think we ought to learn just what this is all about. I'll explain everything right from the beginning. 
Then it'll all be very clear. Way back. Back into time. What a view, huh? We've got a good one today. Yeah, nice. Helen, you have your uh, yeah. what? sets or CDs? Yeah, or? I, have, I have CDs. Great. Um, should I assume people know I'm sitting in a room, or shouldn't I? No. I am sitting in a room different from the one you are in now. The story began in the 1940s with the invention of magnetic tape. The new possibilities offered by tape recording were soon being eagerly exploited by avant-garde composers, notably the Musique Concrète school in France. Nineteen fifty-four, Belize, deserts. Like much of the new music of the time, it is totally tuneless. Louise dislikes the term music, preferring organised sound. The piece includes a number of tape sounds meant to be played back during the performance. The tape segments include factory noises recorded in sawmills in Philadelphia. This, in techno terms, is the first sample. Avant-garde exploitation of sound before the existence of the youth movement in music. Now these experiments started not on tape recorders, but on paper. In 1959, Brian Geisen applied the montage technique to words on a page. When you experiment with cut-ups over a period of time, you find that some of the cut-ups seem to refer to future events, suggesting that perhaps when you cut into the present, the future leaks out. The next step was cut-ups on the tape recorder, and the first tape recorder cut-ups were a simple extension of cut-ups on paper. You record, say, ten minutes on the recorder. Then you spin the reel backwards or forwards, just like that, without recording. Stop at random and cut in the phrase. Our time is a time for crossing barriers, for erasing old categories, for probing around. When two seemingly disparate elements are imaginatively posed, put in apposition in new and unique ways, Startling discoveries often result. In the grooves of this record is the sound of John Cage. Medium of our time, electric art circuitry, profoundly involves men with one another. Information pours information instantaneously. During the 1960s, the work of electronic composers like Milton Babbitt was treated with great seriousness by the musical establishment. Why is it that uh, the kind of words one associates all too frequently with electronic music are words like bloop and bleep, aren't they? More help in locating the sitting room that was the private space of Arvin Lucia will come from moving into the area occupied by Steve Reich's 1965 It's Gonna Rain. One Sunday afternoon, Reich who had been experimenting extensively with tape loops since 1963, recorded Brother Walter, a black Pentecostal preacher who was speaking his thoughts on what would happen at the end of the world. Walter's voice was highly musical and his sermon was almost chanted or sung. Reich made two loops of the same material. 
By accident, because of small motor variations in the speed of the two tape recorders, Wright discovered what happens when two identical tape loops gradually fall out of sync from each other. In the first part of It's Gonna Rain, he looped the two recordings of the voice together, moved them out of phase with each other, slipped them back in unison again. In the second part, he used loops of a longer length. Thus what starts out as a two-voice sound becomes four voices, with one pair out of phase with another pair. Finally, it breaks into eight parts. And the effect is, as Wright described, a kind of controlled chaos, which may be appropriate to the subject matter, the end of the world. Cut up, slow down, speed up, run backwards, play several tracks at once. What are you doing? This is happening. I mean, why don't we use plastic things? Of course, when you cut in that phrase, you've wiped out what's ever there, and you have a new juxtaposition. Good bread. Because I was making, uh, 271 an hour. Now, how random is random? We know so much that we don't consciously know that we know that perhaps the cut-in was not random. Mommy, I'm hungry. sitting in a room in 1969. The first piece I made that, that I felt had something to do with that was called I'm Sitting in a Room, where I recycled speech, recorded speech in a room, and then played it back into the room, and made a recording of that and played it back into the room. Pretty soon the room acoustics, uh, uh, that's all you're going to hear the end of the piece. So it's really the space in the room that makes the sound. So it was that the Radiophonic Workshop officially came into being on April 1st, 1958, located in cramped quarters within the vast BBC building at Maida Vale. We had this commission to do major blood not stomach and it was a loud explosion and fairly bodily function noises. The musicians of the Radiophonic Workshop somehow produced sounds that, for a generation of British television viewers, symbolised the future. Now here are some tapes made with all the technical facilities of the BBC in London, and they show, I think, what can be done within one phrase. And the number nine, number nine, number nine was uh, an engineer's voice. You know, they have test tapes, and the voice was saying, this is uh, number nine megacycles. So he was talking like that, and I just like the way he said number nine. When I was mixing the record, I just had a radio in the room that was tuned to some BBC channel all the time, and 
we did about, I don't know, half a dozen mixes and I just used whatever was coming through at the time. I never knew it was King Lear until years later somebody told me because I could hardly make out what he was saying. It was, it was interesting to mix the whole thing with a live radio coming through it. How much of Revolution No. 9 was accidental? Uh, well, it's like an action painting. I had a lot of loops, tape loops, which is just a circle of tape. People don't understand it. It repeats itself over and over. Had about ten of them on different mono machines, all spinning at once with pencils and things on them. I had a basic track, which was the end of the Revolution song, and I just played it sort of live into another tape and just brought them in on faders, like you do as a DJ, and brought them in like that. And it was accidental in that way. I think I did it twice, maybe. And the second one was the take. Right. My name's Kenny Everett. And Hello? Kenny Everett. And this record you're hearing is an advertisement for Wireless Workshop. Conveniently situated next to the bedroom in my flat, it is a complete and sophisticated radio production studio capable of making jingles. Oh, by the way, we do sound effects as well. Hey, bub. Yes? To which station are you tuned to? I'm tuned to Capital. Really? They're cuddly. Try us in VHF. We're, We're even cuddlier. And now, it's time for a break. By the early 1970s, techniques of tape manipulation were being superseded. I used to come home from school and, and used to go in the room and practice a lot. This particular day, I was playing music a little bit too loud. And my mom's came in, you know, banged on the door. And when she was banging on the door, I was, you know, still playing music. So when she opened the door, I cut the music down. So I was still holding the record, moving it back and forth, you know? And then I thought about it. I said, well, this really sounded something, you know? Interjecting another record with another record. So as time went by, you know, I experimented with it and, and used different records and practiced it. And, and, and it became, became a scratch. I'm here with my very special guest, Grandmaster Flash. How you doing? And what is it that you, you are first at? I was first at taking a passage of music off vinyl, which unjustifiably was the shortest part of the record. We used to call it the get-down part, but then it became known as the break. I would take duplicate copies of a record and take this break that was sometimes 8 to 10 seconds long and extend it seamlessly to the beat to 25 minutes if I wanted to, you know, or manipulating a break or like taking that particular passage and rearranging the arrangement, rubbing the record back and forth here, this, that, playing around with the vinyl, so to speak. Certain DJs had come before you who were tremendous influences. Who were those DJs who influenced you the most? Well, I'd say Cool Herc was one, this gentleman by the name of P.T.J. Jones, who was big on the disco side of DJ, you know. He was um, a great blender. He would blend from one record carefully to the next. There were three people who sort of in control of the Bronx. It was, you know, Flash in the one area, Cool Herc in one area, Sam Bada in the other. 
Come to the payoff. Play it. Check this out. Play for the hip hop. Play it on the street. Play it on the radio. Sharon, do you love the Supreme Team show? Play it at the party. Were there any radio DJs that you loved? Red Alert. He was more like a mixer, but he had a, a radio show. And I call him the godfather of the big show. Where did this material come from? We would tape it all. Some, some, some sample, sample. And say, children, so much stuff. What does it all mean? Put a needle in a haystack. The torch has been passed to a new generation of Americans. Lesson three. We interrupt this record to bring you a special bulletin. The reports of a flying saucer hovering over the city have been confirmed. I would say we probably got a couple hundred hours, and I would dare say that we probably got a thousand years to go. You don't know enough about it. Newton. The flying saucers are real. We switch you now to our on-the-spot reporter downtown. Take it away, John. What your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Here is a bulletin. Here is a bulletin. What is it? Stand by, please. Stand by, please. In Dallas, Texas. It appears as though something has happened in the motorcade route. In the motorcade route. You're listening to Some Assembly Required. My name is John. If you're just tuning in, our featured artist this episode is Steinsky. I spoke with Steinsky about the art of appropriation. I called up one or two people at CBS, and I sort of delineated the project for them. And they, out of hand, they just went, wow, you know, good luck, buddy. You'll never get that kind of permission from us. And so I thought, oh, the hell with it, so I'll just do it. And they just, they laughed at you, it sounds like. Well, yeah. Well, I would, too, if I was them. Well, yeah, but isn't it arguable that given the media's involvement in making that occurrence such a public one that we should be allowed to use the media to express our own personal experiences of the event? Nope. You don't think so? I don't buy it. Hell no, man. I mean, if I own the copyright to, to Walter Cronkite, that's mine. Period. Forget it. Okay, so you, you respect copyright. Well, I, I respect it in theory. I, don't, I obviously don't respect it in fact. How do you justify that, then? I don't. This is what I do, man. God put me on earth to make these records. You know, so the rest is all commentary. I'm going to make the records. I don't even think about it too much, to tell you the truth. 
Forward time. randomly in time, like a needle time. skipping on a record player. Time. Hey kids, what time is it? Time. Yeah, we got it. It's all on tape. Time. Listen. Play back to it. Time. I'm just playing good thought. The motorcade sped on.
Overheated, the record broke. Oh. You go into these stores and you see all these 12 inches on the wall and there's all these uh, sort of bootleg party 12 inches that mix together all the big hits of the day. You actually pioneered that as well, didn't you? Yeah, you can say that. It's probably a uh, takeoff of what I did, you know, humanly, you know, going through just sort of a collage of records one behind another to the beat. By the year 1990, we should see many amazing technological advances. I'm very curious what you think about today's generation of turntablists. If you've been checking out any of the younger DJs. Rock Raider is probably one of my favorites. I love this cat, um, Q-Bird. Yep. I like um, Executioner. I like this rap single. I want to play every All these cats, man, that came after me, like, thank God somebody was paying attention to this thing I was creating, because back then there was no blueprint, it wasn't nothing, I was just, you know, in search of. milestone in scientific achievement directly to you live as it happened combinations of music <laughs> you think that led zeppelin and frank sinatra would go together Fly me to no oh i'm sorry i had the wrong turntable well what do you think i um uh, i like your um energy well, that was my disco medley, a little hustle, a little bump. Nice. Oh my gosh! What a coincidence! This happens to be in style. Perfect. <laughs> 
They don't they understand don't the presentation. They could be still making a lot of records and a lot of money to the record companies in 1992. That's what we've been talking about. Who is going to be, who has a staying power, who will be around seven years from now. Number one, number one, number one, number one, number one, number one, number one. Means it's a big, big business. And yet another perfect concert. That was exciting because it was so foreign to the adults. When I first played it, I said, is this for real? Yes! The rhythm, the rebel. Without a pause, I'm lowering my level. The hard drama, where you never been, I'm in. You want styling? You know it's time to get deep. The enemy, don't hit me! Bang! the name tape Beatles come from it is what is new and what is as we say on the cutting edge well and, and a certain kind of high culture is popular in the root sense of that word but but there is in a decade that has seen considerable turmoil the tape Beatles have been able to endure an group commitment to innovation has enabled it to capitalize on opportunity. And at the helm, there's always been four charismatic leaders whose peers use words like genius to describe it. Wow, wow. Sound editing just gets easier and easier. Now it's people like us. Hello, and welcome to People Like Us. How much do most of us know about people like us? I never had it. The letter U and the numeral two. With you, no one else, just you. Here's the first top 40 hit for the Irish band from Dublin who call themselves U2. I have run, I have crawled, I have scaled these city walls. Yeah. Here's the question. We You like that, huh? And I'm just a little confused. I think everything has improved. The sound has improved. Are we going to this next time? Yes, we are. I, I was a bit confused about it. I couldn't understand quite why it began where it did and finished where it did, and the sequence of events. And now, if you will, accompany me on a journey to the future. Mr. Wells has kindly lent me his time machine. Oh, I can hardly wait to start the machine. <laughs> oh, I do hope the people enjoy it. Okay. Safety belt. It starts at one point. 1970. 80. Time continues to skip forward randomly. 90. And then 2000. You cut you come back in where you started. Wow. Travel so fast that here we are in 2000 already.
some bootleggers who are actually more librarians of lunacy, cram 100 intros from songs into 12 minutes, recognising that no one has the time to listen to everything unless it is processed into an abbreviated form of excitement that performs its nostalgia fast, so you don't have to leave the present for too long, which is never a particularly good idea. I quite like The Strokes as a comedy group and I very much like The Strokes when their music is mixed up in a bootleg sense with the music of pole dancing pop fiasco, Christina Aguilera. A stroke of genius, a blasting together of one Strokes thing, hard to explain, and one Aguilera song, Genie in a Bottle, conjures up the reality-bending shock of the new that The Strokes lack. The stupid sublime stitching together of heated machined pop dripping with money and reheated New York punk scratched out of the fake history books creates a ravishing blur of signals, signatures, speeds and gaps in time that please me in the places where I like to be pleased. A stroke of genius sounds like new sound and at the end of the 20th century into the beginning of the 21st century it was commercial pop that was sounding more exciting than commercial rock. I do say so myself. And I'll be killing two birds with one stone. <laughs> two birds with one stone. I don't care what they say. I'm not about to pay nobody's way. But it's all about the dog in me. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna freak it, you freak on. Freak it, you freak on. Freak it, just like me. Sorry to interrupt your song, but I'm pressed for time. Is you with me now? Let's make it big and bounce. I know you did the way I Okay, What's happening? A BX Factor? Random sampling error? I'm gonna pray that my lead holds. You'll be taking random samplings of river water. Love is a kind of thing he's finding. Also known as a bust now. Always taking my money once and just sits on his 
exact moment I first hear can't get you out of my head blended with New Order's Blue Monday, which is a lot of the time my favourite piece of pop music by my favourite group. New Order emerged from the crashes of Joy Division. 
playing a music that was the missing link between Kraftwerk and everything electronically great that came afterwards. a lot of their lead singer by in a way replacing him with space and time the time and space you find beautifully between electronic beats as I hear Kylie virtually sing her happy song of loss it's as if the new lead singer of Joy Division is Kylie Minogue and for private reasons there's something fabulous and irresistible about that and hear the ghost of Joy Division shimmer through the illusion of Kylie Minogue into entertainment immortality is a moment that makes me realise that pop music, or call it what you will, creates some of the most magical moments in life. And those moments can be so magical, all you want to do sometimes is write about them, hold them in place. Everything has to end. Even the 20th century.